Such demanding leadership is always the most compelling and the most successful, in part because people long for a cause. Saipul Ferguson, a homemaker in the community of Rexburg, Idaho, population of 11,000, discovered some effective methods of losing weight and her friends began complimenting her on her new good looks and asking for help in doing the same. The result was the first diet center in Rexburg. That was in 1970. Now, there are more than 1,900 diet centers around the world, crossing $90 million a year, and a new one opens somewhere every day. Saibel Ferguson and her husband still operate the company from Rexburg. What accounts for such success? In part, it is because she has emphasized from the beginning that they are far more than a company. They are a movement, a cause. One of Mrs. Ferguson's assistants says, People here feel a part of the cause to which we are all dedicated, helping overweight people overcome their problem and this is seen as much more than a job. When the 23rd Olympic Games came to the United States, the doomsayers predicted a disaster. In everyone's minds were the terrorist attacks which made Munich a tragedy and the fiscal disaster in Montreal which left the government a billion dollars in debt. But the U.S. Games proved to be a smashing success, in large part due to Peter Uberoth, the 42-year-old optimist who masterminded the triumph and turned in a surplus of more than $200 million. Of Uberoth's mindset, Robert Ahimian wrote in Time, He has a way of turning whatever he touches into a cause, to be involved in difficult problems with difficult goals lifts him up. Uber Roth made speech after speech to the 72,000 Olympic workers, about half of them volunteers, about how together they had to climb a majestic mountain. Such language might sound corny to some, but there was no question in anyone's mind that Uber Roth saw it exactly that way. Such commitment to the cause could also make him imperious with those whose dedication did not seem adequate. One day in the headquarters cafeteria, he stopped to talk to some employees who were having lunch. The chat was pleasantly routine until one of the women asked about possible salary increases. Uberoth, the unsalaried volunteer, turned cold and snapped. You shouldn't be working here if you don't understand what we are trying to do. There is no substitute for the motivating power of a great cause. It is a canard of our culture that we would be happier if we weren't so busy, if we weren't working so hard, if we didn't have so much homework, if only we could relax more and take more vacations. But leisure has little to do with one's happiness. To the contrary, I've found that the happiest people have found some cause and they stride through life propelled by a commitment. The fact of the matter is that most people are bored. When students dislike school, it is often because school expects so little of them. When people hate their jobs, it is rarely because their jobs ask so much of them. It is because their jobs are routine and humdrum. So if a leader appears on the horizon who has high standards for performance and who will offer them a challenge and a cause, they will be more likely to follow.